Alright, audio recording is going for the podcast on iTunes, Anchor.fm. Alright, we good? We on there? Yep, we're on both platforms. It is Monday, July 30th, 2018. Warm night, feels good. Beautiful night in upstate New York. It's the Cycle Shack. Let's start it. What's happening, everybody? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Cycle Shack Podcast. I'm Ivan Rodriguez. From all the way up in the Hudson Valley, this is Animal House Studios' Cycle Shack Podcast. The podcast that talks about motorcycles and more. We stray off the topic a bunch of times. We'll talk about anything. So, welcome once again, everyone. As I said, it's a nice, warm summer evening. No rain, thankfully, finally. Got a little studio testing I'm doing here. Got some more equipment. Might hear some fans in the background. Unfortunately, the equipment we got is running fans. So, had to adjust the levels. Had to make sure. I mean, I'm seeing everything's okay. Everything sounds good in here. So, hopefully, we're doing good. Audio for the podcast on iTunes and everything's rolling fine, so it is what it is. What's up, everybody? All right, let's get it out the way. The Cycle Shack podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm. If you haven't downloaded the app for Anchor.fm, what are you waiting for? Anchor.fm is the only way to do a podcast. It's quick, it's fast, and easy. Here's how. You go to your favorite device whether it's an ipad an iphone a google phone an android lg it doesn't matter whatever platform you're on go to the store where you download your apps look for anchor.fm download it set up an account make up a name for your podcast hit record it's that quick it's that simple it's that easy you can even take your phone put some headphones on same way you would answer a phone as long as it has the little uh, mic attachment to it you can drive and record a podcast and throw it right to your platform or leave it right there on anchor.fm. And if you don't want a podcast, you can listen to any of thousands of podcasts that are now available on anchor.fm, including yours truly on the Cycle Shack podcast. I mean, everything else is just second class, right? I'm kidding. Anchor.fm, the only way to go. Again, the Cycle Shack podcast is brought to you by the easiest way to podcast. Anchor.fm. So thank you to Anchor.fm. If you want to contact the show, I'm posting up the email for you, the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Send me anything, questions, comments, pictures, whatever you got. Send me photos of your bike. I'll put it on the blog page. The blog page, you can find the link to my website at the Cycle Shack Podcast on Facebook. It's too long of a web page to give. So just go to the Facebook page and hit the link. It'll get you on and check out the blog page. Everything I'm going to talk about today in this episode with regards to the new bikes coming out for Harley. Oh, did I spoil it? No. 
uh, are going to be on the blog page uh, by the end of the week, hopefully. So check it out. Again, the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. So today I was going to talk about ranting and raving again about Harley and the tariff and all that. But you know what? That's tired news, man. That's old news. I'm tired of discussing that. I'm tired of reading it about it in the forums. And there's really, really not much going on in the motorcycle buzz, you know, uh, community, but except with Harley Davidson. So I have no choice but to be biased again. Let's call it what it is. I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. I'm kind of being biased because I ride a Harley. Um, But there's nothing else in the news going on with any bike, (laughs) you know, and Harley just seems to keep making the news, whether it be good or bad. The point is they're getting out there. They're getting on there. So they're coming out with, with, with uh, uh, a new lineup of bikes. Um, nothing crazy. Three new lineups. Some you may have already heard about. And uh, we'll discuss that a little bit later. But for right now, um, no other bike is, is, is coming out in the news with anything. There's no news. So it's kind of hard to come up with material about no news. But I got news for you in the motorcycle world. So we're going to keep it strictly motorcycles today. With the exception of this one topic right now, this is big news, so I had to talk about it. It is what it is. So, I got a ton of notes here. Sorry if I'm going back and forth. Here in the New York metropolitan area, I live in upstate New York, right outside New York, about in a suburb right about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, maybe outside of New York City. And um, this was reported on WABC Channel 7 eyewitness news and it's all over the internet you can google it right now and you'll see it basically um a major cable tv and internet provider uh, one of the giants which is spectrum was kicked out of new york the day before yesterday by the government that's right governor cuomo ordering spectrum to pack their bags and skedaddle Goodbye. Adios. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Sing the song. The lady's coming home. They've got 60 days. 60 days to pack their bags and go. And the New York state governor, or the the state, has to find a replacement for Spectrum. Spectrum is the product that was put out with the merger of Charter Communications and Time Warner TV. Actually, Time Warner Cable. I'm so sorry. Uh, Time Warner Corporation was actually bought out by, I believe, AT&T. I could be wrong. I get confused. One of those cell phone companies. I I don't know if it was T-Mobile. I doubt it was T-Mobile. I think it was AT&T. Anyway, let's move on. That ain't what I'm talking about. Time Warner Cable and Charter Communications merged. Let's do that. Their merger almost didn't pass, but the government stepped in and Big Brother said, you know what? We want you to provide internet, high-speed internet to our entire state. We want to be the first state to have broadband, high-speed internet. Not broadband, high-speed internet. Even in the most rural areas. We want Farmer Fran up in the sticks to have uh, internet, right? Of course, the folks at what's now known as Spectrum, sure, 
So they take the money and they go with it. Apparently, they that was two years ago in 2016. Out of, I think it was a hundred and these numbers could be wrong but they're in the range out of i think 165 to 175 homes they were supposed to reach they only got up to eighty-five thousand. and um as far as the finances i don't know what happened but apparently the state's pissed off they've got a bad taste in their mouth and they're not accepting anything else other than it's time for you to go spectrum pack your bags the deal's over what deal are they reneging on? Well, again, part of the okay for them to uh, keep operating and do the merger was to stick to that agreement. Since they didn't stick to the agreement, guess what? The merger is no longer going to be sanctioned. So they're not okaying it. So there's no merger. They don't want it. It's done. They're not allowing it to pass. So I don't know if Time Warner Cable will remain. And the Spectrum folks, the charter folks got up. I don't know how that works. Um, Internet service is not going to be interrupted. Cable service is not going to be interrupted because the pipeline's still there. Someone's got to keep it running. It's like a utility. If Con Ed got kicked out of New York City, it, it, someone still has to provide power. No, The lights aren't going to go out. So you're not going to lose Internet. It's crazy because Spectrum is a cable giant. Um, they, I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't start up in Farmer France first. Apparently New York City got redone up. I don't know that to be a fact. That's just a, a blank statement. But the bottom line is they should have gotten things going and the state's pissed off. So that made big news, man. That topped everything else. And it's been news for a couple of days now, especially in the New York metropolitan area. Trying to make sure my phone doesn't ring here while I'm on the air. All right, so. Yeah, big news, man. They're pulling the plug on that merger, so. That's kind of upsetting. So, before I get to my topic here. This is not a Harley bashing session, nor is it a Harley defense session. I'm just talking in in general about motorcycles. And I was listening to another podcast today, and they made a great point. You know, a lot of people swear by taking their bikes in to get it serviced. I don't touch my brakes. I I don't do that myself. If you're not mechanically inclined, it's okay. But just know that you're going to have to spend the money to get your service done, whether it's a Harley, whether it's a Yamaha, whether it's whatever. And okay, okay, Harley-Davidson does charge ridiculous prices. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about this. And the information I'm telling you right now is for you to save a buck. If you're mechanically inclined and you think, for whatever reason, if I do the service to my bike, my warranty is going to be voided. That's not necessarily true. Do your research. Whether you, you, you go buy your oil, okay, Save your receipts on all the oil purchased. If you bought four quarts for your engine, I have a touring bike. So I'm going to use myself as an example. If I buy for my 2016 Electric Glide uh, four quarts of oil for the engine, a quart of oil for the primary, a quart of oil for the tranny, I'm going to keep that receipt and file it. For the time that I have the warranty, You're going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this, right? 
I'm going to log in the back of that manual the service that I did, which would be a three-hole oil change and the inspection. Now, I'm not going to go word for word verbatim on the inspection checklist, but a lot of people think there's a science to it. You know, a, a lot of Harley mechanics, and this is no pun intended to Harley or Harley mechanics, got a lot of honest folks out there, okay? Not that this is dishonest, but it's just, you know, not being right to some people. You got some guys that, you know, want job security. So they'll turn around and they'll say, hey, listen, we go through a huge checkpoint. You know, we make sure your bolts are torqued and, you know, you, you got to bring it in for service, especially on that thousand mile. That's not necessarily true. I have two documents right here that you can Google and look up anywhere. This is one document. Now, I don't know if you're going to be able to see that. You're not going to be able to see that. But anyway, that's one document. And this document is basically what you would see, I believe, on your manual. I mean, on your owner's manual, you might have this. I didn't double, I didn't check mine, but it's basically your service intervals, your 1,000-mile service and what's checked, torque specs and notations, okay? I downloaded this today off the web. You Google it, 1,000-mile, 1,000, put 1K Harley service uh, documentation. These two documents come up. You got the 1,000-mile check operation of electrical equipment switches, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's in here. If it's a bolt, it's got foot-pounds that it should be torqued to. They don't check every single bolt. There's about maybe 40 things here that, if that, that they check on the 1,000-mile. And they have, there's an X on 1,000 miles. Pretty much the exact same thing they do on 1,000 miles, they do on 5,000 miles. Then you got 10,000-mile. 15,000 mile service all the way to the 50,000 mile service okay everything you do with again notations what are the notations well it not notes down here note number two three and four okay and for numbers two three and four let's see what that says two should be performed by an authorized harley dealer let's blah, 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 blah. yeah right three perform spoke tension check Four, perform maintenance more frequently in severe riding conditions such as extreme temperatures, dusty environments, blah, 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 blah. You know, motorcycle owners are finicky. They do all of this. So there's nothing that you cannot do yourself with the right tools. Do you need a lift? Maybe not. You know, a nice motorcycle jack from Harbor Freight, something to lift the bike up off the ground, a foot. That's all you need. That's all you need. Safely, of course. So, Google it. On Google, you type 1K Harley-Davidson service documentation. Then you got here. This is actually from Legacy Harley-Davidson, and they just threw it out there on the Internet. It's no, it's no secret. You could do this stuff yourself. Maintenance checklist for Sportster, Dyna, Softail, and Touring models. One does it for all. Okay? Look at that. You can see it right there. I'm showing it to you. No biggie. It's out there on the web. I'm not sharing anything that's a secret. Okay? Legacy Harley-Davidson puts it right out there. Regular lubrication and maintenance will help keep your Harley-Davidson motorcycle operational at peak performance. Harley-Davidson factory trained technicians utilize the latest diagnostic tools to service your motorcycle with Harley-Davidson genuine motor parts and use factory approved methods assuring you of thorough and component workmanship. 
follow what they do and you can't go wrong it's a checklist it's meant for you to go by it, this actually has one through 23 and there's annotations okay so it says here change number one let's just go through a couple of them i'm pulling myself here with this this wire sorry Number one, change oil and filter. Clean magnetic drain plug. Install new O-ring. Then it says one of three oils that you're putting. You either check 2050, check off Synthec, Synthetic Blend, Syntec Blend, or Syn3. Thanks. My dog's barking. Inspect oil lines and brake system for leaks. Now, uh, who doesn't do that? If you're not doing that, you're not doing you're, you're not right. Inspect exhaust system for leaks, cracks, loose or missing fasteners, or heat shield. I do that before every ride. Inspect tires. I do that before every ride. Front and rear. Tread depth and pressure. Now, I don't always check depth because I, I got new tires. So, pressure. Yeah, I do that before every ride. Check torque on wheel spokes. I don't do that every ride because it's not needed. But all I, what does check mean? There's no special thing. If you have spokes, you go up to them, you feel them. If they have good tension, you're good. I don't have spokes, so I don't worry about that. Change primary chain case lubricant. I don't have to do that. You do that every, I think, 10,000 miles. But you clean your magnetic plug. The plug at the tip has a, a magnetic tip. You clean that off because there's going to be magnetic particles on them. You're going to see magnetic particles every time you take that drain plug out. It's it's doing its job. Somebody's really messing with the dog upstairs. Oh boy. He's barking away. Check clutch adjustment. Dyna and soft tail models. Check level and condition of clutch fluid. CVO models. Check throttle brake clutch controls. All this stuff I pretty much do. Inspect brake pads, discs, look for wear. Your brake pads, pretty much, if you can see the four holes on them, they're still good. The second you can barely see the four holes from the grooves that are on the pads, it's time to change them. It's that simple. Harley-Davidson brake pads are naturally thin. They're naturally a low-profile, thin brake pad, especially if you're using the Harley-Davidson pads from the factory. They're thin, man. I as when I saw that, I told the guy when I owned my first Harley, I need my brake pads changed. No, 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 they're good. They're new. They only have a few thousand miles on them. No, no, no way. I know brake pads. Stupid me. Come to find out that Harley uses a slimline brake pad now, and it's they last long. They work great. There's no real reason to use any other type. They're cheap enough, and again, as long as you can see the grooves. You're good. Once you you can barely see one groove, time to change them. Don't don't cheap it out. You know what you should do? You should buy them when they're like halfway worn. You know, because then you're going to forget and it's you're going to wind up taking a long trip that's, you know, state to state and you know, oh man, I should change my brake pads. But, you know, cheap insurance. You know, get the brake pads and remember you need four in the front, two on each uh, caliper and then one caliper for the rear. So you need uh six brake sets of brake pads. Buy one a month, one pair a month. You know what I mean? That's what I do with oil. I don't buy all the oil at once. You know, hey, I'm on a budget. When you do things, 
you know, when you do it yourself, you're on a budget. So you buy one bottle of oil every few weeks, you know. It's that simple. So again, go to Google, type in 1K Harley-Davidson service documentation, and all this pops up. You can do it yourself. Just remember, save your receipts, document it on the back of the owner's manual, the date, at what mileage you serviced it, and what exactly you did to it. And save the receipts. File it. Start a little file system for yourself at home. And you do this only up until the warranty runs out. If you're not going to renew the warranty, then you're good. It's a good habit. If you're going to renew the warranty, then you want to keep doing it. You know what I mean? It's cheap insurance. I should follow it myself. Another thing I wanted to share, too, was when I go riding, I do it to myself all the time. I overpack. I got a lot of weight on the bike. I tell myself, man, the heaviest thing I probably got that's probably even more than my bag that I carry in my trunk is my tool bag. My tool bag itself is probably almost 20 pounds. It's about 15, 15 and a half, maybe 20 pounds. And I got everything that I think I need for the road on a breakdown. I probably have too much stuff. You know what I mean? I'm acting like I'm going to pull the engine out on the road. And, um... That's really a lot of my weight. And you got to be careful because a lot of that weight can unbalance your bike, especially on the touring bikes. If you don't have the same amount of weight on either side of your saddlebags, it messes you up on your leans, especially if you have a passenger. Um, Especially if your trunk, you know, you want to reduce the weight. You know, you want to make your weight only like, again, if I'm traveling long distance and I'm staying at a motel overnight with my wife, you want to take just the essentials. And the essentials meaning our clothing. Um, And if I'm going to carry tools, I carry a quart of oil regardless. Just in case. Okay? I had my bike over... I got my service done in November and I put the bike away. When I started using the bike, the oil was fresh. I started using the bike in April. The oil is still pretty fresh. And I only burned a tiny bit of oil. So I refilled a tiny bit. Close it, seal it, and I keep that oil with me. Just in case. You never know who else on the road may need oil. It's cheap insurance. Keep the quart of oil with you. And I keep my tool bag. But again, my tool bag is heavy. I got tons of stuff in there that I know I probably don't need. So what do you do? I go online and I checked out Cruise Tools, the Roadtech H3 Toolkit. If you want to buy the toolkit, it's they say it's the best toolkit to have. Every website, including RevZilla.com, endorses it, and that's Cruise Tools, Tools, C-R-U-Z Tools.com. Or you can check them out on RevZilla. And it's the Harley Davidson Road, it's the Cruise Tools Road Tech H3, H meaning Harley. Uh, H3 toolkit and it's for their touring models or their big twin models and it's everything you will need to perform a repair not major repair but everything you're going to need for the side of the road in the event that there's an issue you have it in this set now I have a thousand and one tools and I'm, I probably have all this but I over carry tools so I printed out Okay, from Cruise Tools, the H3 toolkit and what's included so that I can get my own roll bag 
and put all these tools and create my own toolkit instead of paying $109 for tools that I probably already have. I know I have all these. Okay? So what's included? Combination wrenches, 3 8 7 16 An adjustable wrench, size 8 inch. A socket set with a mini ratchet. Okay? And a 2 inch extension. 3 8 7 16 half inch and 10 millimeter sockets. Hex head uh, and Torx bit keys. The hex head, 1 8 inch, 5 30 seconds, 3 16 and quarter inch, 5 16 inch. Torx T25, T27, T40 key sets. Six in one screwdriver, spark plug, socket, five eighths inch, 16 millimeter. Spark plug gap gauge, locking pliers, or what do you call it? Uh, vice grips. I was going to say channel locks. Channel locks are the plumber's pump. Vice grips. Those are locking pliers. Okay. The small ones, not the huge ones, the, 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 the decent size. Um, they sell a mini. The size above mini that's not the mid-grade, that's what you want. Electrical tape, cable tires, mechanics wire, or bailing wire. If any of you have bailed cardboard boxes in the retail industry when you have that bailing machine or etc., you know what bailing wire is. Good to have. Thread locker and a tire pressure gauge. And it all comes in a... Three and a half inch by nine and a half inch roll up polyester pouch. The total of all the tools and the pouch are three and a half pounds. That's way better than my 15 pound tool bag. And I, I mean, man, I have a lot of tools that I carry in a small bag full. I'm telling you, I haven't even used a quarter of the tools in there. I just have them just in case. I also bring tools for another guy's bike that may be metric, you know. But I'm putting myself in danger because I'm carrying too many tools. So, again, I just read everything off to you. And I have everything on this list. So I'm going to buy a little roll pouch. And it's a good idea to roll it up, tie it together with Velcro, pop it in the tool bag. Done. I don't even have to take it out of there. That tool, the tool bag, that tool kit's dedicated for my bike. The tool kit that I keep in the bike now that's too full, that's also, I use it for my cars. Just goes to show you. And, I, and I, that's, my, that's my, like, my universal kit. Uh, one of them anyway. One of three. It's also one of, I have uh, two ratchet sets that I use, but I don't carry them. If I could, I would, believe me. If I could carry a trailer with me on my bike and carry all the tools and an air compressor or something. I always think that I have to perform some kind of crazy repair on the side of the road. If you if you got to do something like that, you better call a tow truck and get the, the bike out of there and take it to Harley or something. But, yeah, that that's basically what, according to Cruise Tools, you'll need for your Harley on the side of the road. You may want to put some extra cable ties in there and um, if you've got a medium size. Uh, because, again, using a miniature... Uh, ratchet when you don't have you know the miniature ratchet is going to be about the size of my the palm of my hand 
that's tiny. There's no real leverage. So I may get a, a medium-sized one and just pop it in there. So that three and a half pounds for me may be four and a half pounds, uh, close to five. But that's still better than 15 to almost 15 and a half pounds of tools, all right? That's, that's more than half the weight reduced, and it's great. I can even throw it in my trunk so that it's on the middle of my bike as opposed to, you know, in one of the saddlebags leaning over to the side. Or if you just don't want to go through it and you want to just buy the tool kit conveniently, go to cruisetools.com. This retails for about $109.99 on JP Cycles. Okay, I think Revzilla has them for 104 or something like that. So check them out. Cheap, cheap, cheap. But I look at it as why buy. This will that'll be like the umpteenth tool set that I have. The last thing I need is another tool set. I'm making sure that's still recording. We're still recording here. We're good. So again, we're recording. And again, this is not live on Facebook Live. This is going to be pre-recorded. And I'll throw the link on Facebook. Uh, for some reason, Facebook doesn't accept these videos that I put on. I guess they get it too long. Sometimes they're 48 minutes long. And I can't get them to load up on Facebook. So I put the link to YouTube. And you can check it out that way. Uh, you can go to YouTube.com and t- type the Cycle Shack Podcast. And I'm on there as well. Or... Uh, I'm now available on Twitch TV. It's the gamers, the streamers are now checking out the Cycle Shack podcast. It's an all gamer network, but there's also some talk shows and uh, I signed it up there as well. So you can catch it on Twitch.com, Twitch TV, whatever you want to call it. So for a bit of information here on my next little thing. I did this before, but I did this pretty much with pricing of the bikes themselves. You know, and again, this is not to defend Harley. I'm just trying to prove a point in the fact that the motorcycle industry in itself is taking a turn. And it's taking a turn for the more expensive, okay? Whether you own a Harley or you own a Yamaha or you own a Honda or a BMW, bikes have now crossed the barrier. They are expensive to own, period. Okay? They pretty much cost as much as cars. You can still get a an outstanding bike for three grand, four grand, five grand, six grand, but it's going to be a Craigslist or any other list used bike. Not that there's anything wrong with buying a used bike. It's just what people are resorting to nowadays, and that's the point I'm trying to make. People are resorting to buying more used bikes because to buy a new one, it's just unaffordable pretty much for most. And, you know, people would always gig on Harley. Oh, Harley, you're crazy. I leave your wallet at the door. That's the rich man's bike. Well, you know what? It ain't much cheaper to own a Goldwing, my friends. It ain't much cheaper to own a Yamaha. It ain't much cheaper to own a BMW. And I'm going to prove it to you right now. We got the new Honda Goldwing. Now, let me make note that this is not a comparable to Harley in the sense of I'm trying to prove to you that Harley's cheaper. No, I'm not saying Harley's cheaper. I'm saying that to own a motorcycle in general, it is expensive. 
all brands, the days of Harley being the overpriced are over because everything is overpriced. And I'm talking brand new, buying it from the dealer. Again, you can still get a an outstanding used bike from a dealership or used dealership, etc. But we're talking brand new, okay? The Honda Goldwing Tour. Ooh, had a hiccup there. I just caught that. Let's see what's going on. I think Spectrum's messing with my internet here. The Honda Goldwing, okay? The Goldwing Tour. What I did was, was I compared these prices to what the most popular Harley is. And right now on paper, the most popular Harley Davidson out there is the Street Glide Special. That's what everybody wants, okay? So I compared every version of the Street Glide Special with Honda, Yamaha, etc., Kawasaki, okay? So the Goldwing Tour, their Street Glide Special version, 26500 all right? I don't know about you. There ain't no cheap, cheap there. You know, ain't a bad thing. Different strokes for different folks. But again, you get a lot of them Goldwing guys. Harley. Oh, you don't want a Harley. Okay. Let's not talk about quality. It's it, They're all good, okay? I, you rarely see these bikes breaking down the way they used to. All right? So the Goldwing, again, just like a Harley, is extremely priced. Different models ranging from 23.5 to 26.5. That to me says that's expensive. These are baggers. And just accessories. I just picked a bunch of accessories that would cost this much pretty much at Harley. The Goldwing, the rider backrest, that's 300 bucks. The windscreen, the tall windscreen, $219.95. The lower wind deflectors, $169.95. A custom seat through Honda, $999.95. Passenger armrests, $199.95. A luggage rack that goes mounted on top of the trunk. Three forty nine ninety five. The we got here LED fog lights three seventy four ninety five LED fog light attachment kit one twenty four ninety five bringing that price to over four hundred and fifty bucks just to get some LED fog lights on the bike. CB antenna. CB antenna. $199.95. Really? Harley's expensive. Again, I'm not knocking it. I'm trying to prove that whatever brand you buy nowadays, you're going to pay. With the exception of this one, which this one, it's an outstanding bike. And I'm talking about the Kawasaki. And again, their version would be the Vulcan Voyager, their touring bike. This is their top-of-the-line touring. I did them a favor by including the top-of-the-line. I didn't do the Vaquero because the Vaquero is slightly cheaper. It did it no justice. 
the Vulcan Voyager is pretty much the biggest, I won't say biggest bang for your buck, because it really isn't. There's not a whole lot available for the Vulcan Voyager. As far as swag, there really isn't. Honda has swag, but it's nowhere near as cool as Harley's. None of them are. The Vulcan Voyager itself retails at $17,000 all around about. Saddlebag trim. We're talking about the grill, the grills that go on top of the saddlebag that look like luggage racks, long, thin luggage racks. $273.95. Nah. The GPS Chrome GPS mount, $277.95. CB radio for the Vulcan Voyager. The CB radio, $649.95. The antenna, $199.95. Bringing that to $850. Sure. Not too much body accessory kits. For the Vulcan Voyager Not too much you can do with it looks wise Unless you go to the aftermarket um, This bike Was type expensive Like Harley But I like this bike This bike Would be the bike I would get If I wasn't getting another Harley If I decided that I didn't want to get another Harley This is the bike I would get This 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 is the bike I I would have. If I could afford to get this one and keep my Harley, I would. The Yamaha Star Eluder. Okay. Ranging from $22,499 to $23,999. These bikes do not come with GPS. If you want the GPS model, you need the GT or above, which range at the highest end, $23,999. Again, an expensive bike. Trunk tour rack for the Yamaha, $249.99. Auxiliary LED lights, $459.99. Lower fairing wind deflectors, $249.99. This is all on their website. This isn't stuff that I just pulled out of thin air, folks. This is all off their websites. Everything I got, I got from Honda Power Sports. Everything I got from Yamaha, I got from Yamaha. Everything I got from Harley, I got from Harley, etc. The navigational system upgrade, if it did not come with your bike. I'm sorry, I'm just making sure I'm still recording here. All right, both both things are recording. The navigational upgrade for the bike, if it did not come with one. $399.95, 400 So the infotainment center on their basic bike for twenty two four ninety nine of the Star Eluder does not come with GPS and only comes with the basic uh radio station, etc. Doesn't come with satellite. It just gives you battery voltage, engine temperature, things like that. To upgrade to the navigation is four hundred bucks. So again Compared to Harley, not much different. It's not. Yamaha swag, okay, it may be cheaper than Harley, you know, for a sweater, a pullover sweater, hoodie sweater, $49.50. Harley, $60. $5, $10 difference, okay? All right, I'll give you that. 
But the swag for Yamaha is nowhere near as cool as Harley. No fancy sayings, no American Eagles, no American flag, no none of that. Just Yamaha and that funny Yamaha logo they got. Not knocking it. Not knocking it by far. But I'm just saying the clothing line isn't as cool. Even the jackets. I didn't see not one leather jacket on the Yamaha site. Everything was like adventure style clothing. Which was crazy. Uh, again, all credit to Yamaha. This is one hell of a bike. It's very impressive. I love the look of it. This is one bike that I would get if I could afford to add it to my collection. I will jump on this. It's an awesome bike. I won't be surprised if years down the line I get one used just to get a good deal on it. I would love to, to test ride this. This bike does intrigue me. Again, it's the Yamaha Star Eluder. The new one that came out this year for Yamaha. The one that had nothing to attribute. Suzuki. Sorry, Suzuki. Suzuki had no comparable touring bike at all. Nothing. Can't compare the M109 to any of these bikes because it's not in its class. We're talking about touring class. Something comparable to the Street Glide Special. The M109 is not comparable to that. So it is excluded from this. The M109 is a great bike in its class. So let's get that straight. I'm not knocking it. Um, but I did not have anything. I can't compare the C90 because, again, it had nothing to compare to these big bagger touring models. So I just left it out. So nothing on Suzuki. BMW. Impressed me with the price because I thought these bikes were a lot expensive. I don't like BMW. I don't like BMW cars, let alone motorcycles with their funny-looking engines. Um, again, I like bikes. I just don't like BMWs for some reason. I just think they're ugly. But I will say that the price on this one did impress me because, again, I thought these bikes were well over thirty, forty, maybe 50000 And this one isn't. This one's the BMW Grand America, the K1600 Grand America. $23,195. Need some water. All right. This bike, I only compared it in price. But the more I looked at this bike, I can't really compare it to a touring bagger because it's not a touring bagger. It's more like a sport touring bike. So this is a bike you would compare with like a Kawasaki Concours. Um, or any other sport touring. I can't compare it to and throw it in the lineup with the Yamaha, the Harley Street Glide, etc. Indian, because it's just not in the same class. But I did want to make mention that it was a nice bike. It really was. You can go on the BMW website and check it out. It's the BMW K1600 Grand America. To me, that's a sport bike. But again, I was impressed with the price, $23,195. So that's not bad. I would rather have the eluder, but again. Um, for giggles, I threw Indian. Indian, everything for Indian is expensive, just like Harley. So all you guys slapping your chest with Indian. I, it's a matter of opinion who makes a better bike, because I'm not going to say one type of bike is better than the other, because it's really a matter of opinion, and it's just that. It's whatever you prefer, and that's great. But if you're going to, Knock it like you do Harley. It's 
the same. Or if you knock Harley, you got to knock Indian because the price comparisons are the same. So the Indian Chieftain was the best comparable to the Street Glide Special. Now, the Street Glide Special ranges at about, I think, 23000 and change. Uh, oh, $25,999 for the new Street Glide Special. Okay, so I'll give it that. The Chieftain, bottom of the line Chieftain, $21,499. It's not bad, but again, a $3,000 savings. The bikes are still over $20,000, folks. So really, let's be for real. Be fair. Um, saddlebag speaker lids, six ninety nine ninety five. Luggage rack, three hundred nine ninety nine. The trunk quick release, five hundred nineteen dollars. The trunk, I'll leave the trunk for last. Highway bar, four hundred nine ninety nine. Passenger seat, three twenty nine ninety nine. A Custom reach heated seat eight twenty nine ninety nine. Uh the quick release kit for the trunk five nineteen. Now get this. The trunks were all priced the same. It's just a matter of selecting the color that you wanted to match your bike. But it was all the same price. You could check it out on Indian.com. The trunks were $1,949. Wow. Plus, you got to buy the quick release kit for it at $519. So $2,500, for a trunk and a quick release for the trunk. Hey, it is what it is. If that's what you want to pay for it, just like we do with Harley. Again, just like we do with Harley. So the Harley hating continues. But I just gave you a bunch of bikes that all their parts are just as comparable as as expensive as Harley. Well, you could turn around and say, well, mine isn't in the shop as much as your Harley. Well, neither is mine. So, knock on wood. I'm going to say that and God forbid something breaks down. No, please don't. I don't even want to say that. So, there you have it. Just some comparables for people who knock Harley, knock the brand. For being so expensive Find something else Because it's all expensive Find something else to talk about Rant and rave about And I know most people who hate on Harley Don't really hate the brand They just do it to bust The chops of the Harley Davidson rider Because they're so they There's just something about a Harley rider That he's got to have Harley this Harley that Harley chain Harley rings uh, Harley bandana Harley leather jacket Harley pants Harley boots You know uh, Harley fanny pack. If you're still wearing fanny packs, <laughs> I'm, don't laugh. I'm not gonna laugh. I got a fanny pack that I keep in my trunk to hold my wallet and stuff like that. But I got some cool pictures of the Yamaha, only because I love this bike. The Yamaha Eluder is a sharp-looking bike. I don't know if you guys can see it, but if you can get on the website, they got some nice colors. Um, this blue and the black, uh, mostly the blue. Very, very nice. Check it out, Yamaha.com. So for my final little talk piece here, as I'm 47 minutes into the podcast, which is good. You know, I was worried about having material because come Monday night, I had no material. Last night, I had just a couple of 
things. I was only going to talk. I only had on my notes written down Spectrum getting kicked out. So what am I going to talk about? There's nothing in the motorcycle realm to talk about. And now here we go. I found all this at lunchtime at work. Took an hour, bing, bang, boom, printed all this stuff out. And thank God I went to the Harley website because I saw something I didn't see. I thought, oh, this is new. And I checked into it. And so there's a notice on the website that comes from Harley Davidson. Now, I think they're listening to people. I think people are writing in and saying, listen, it's time to make a change fast. I think they realize that they're suffering. It's no significant secret. Their sales are slumping and slumping fast. They're starting to slump in the U.S. market because of all the BS going on. But they put a a note on their webpage and then they gave some kind of little incentives behind this note, kind of giving you an idea of what's coming out for 2020. It's a fast-changing world, and I'm quoting this from the Harley-Davidson website because I have a copy of the notice here that I printed from HarleyDavidson.com. You can go and read it yourself. And it states, it's a fast-changing world with a new with new customer demands. Alongside our existing loyal riders, we will lead the next revolution of two-wheeled freedom to inspire future riders who have yet to even think about the thrill of riding. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Bring it on. New products. We're planning our most comprehensive lineup of motorcycles. Highlights include extending the company's leadership in heavyweight motorcycles by continuing to develop improved, more technologically advanced touring and cruiser motorcycles that will keep existing Harley-Davidson riders engaged and riding longer. Introducing a new modular 500cc to 1250cc middleweight platform of motorcycles that spans three distinct product spaces and four displacements, starting with the company's first adventure touring motorcycle, the Harley-Davidson Pan America. This bike is nice, okay? It's not just because it's a Harley. It's because they finally stepped in a realm that's unknown for them. They stepped in unknown territory. They stepped, you know what, with all the beating up they took, they're taking chances. In the words of Joey Diaz, one of my favorite comedians in the world, you got to take a chance. Christopher Columbus did, okay? Harley's taking a chance. They're throwing it on the line. They stepped into the adventure bike realm. This bike ain't bad for their first adventure bike. The Pan America. A 1250 cc custom motorcycle and a 975 cc Street Fighter model which are planned to be launched in the beginning of 2020. Additional models to broaden coverage in these product spaces will follow through 2022 they're thinking future they're taking all the criticism now but they're not dumping everything they're not getting desperate and saying dump it out now stick with the R&D bring it out when you plan to do it justice come back with a bang I'm telling you man right now there is nothing going on in the motorcycle realm nothing nothing in the commercial motorcycle realm 
Nothing. Yamaha came out with a touring bike. A touring bike. Okay? Honda redid the Goldwing. Okay? And in a lot of Goldwing riders' opinions, they kind of ruined it. Not, okay, they didn't ruin it. But they should have kind of left it alone. And, and, and Goldwing riders that I've spoken to kind of don't like the new Goldwing. But anyway, there's not a whole lot going on in the motorcycle genre, the motorcycle realm. So Harley's the one that's stepping out in front of everyone. And even though they get an egg on their face, they're still stepping out. They're trying. Developing a more accessible small displacement 250 to 500 cc motorcycle for Asia emerging markets emerging markets through the planned strategic alliance with a manufacturer in Asia. This new product and broader distribution is intended to fuel Harley Davidson's customer access and growth in India, one of the largest, fastest growing markets in the world and other Asia markets. Understand something, people. I've repeated this before. Harley-Davidson is not going overseas to make production bikes to then send back to the U.S. to sell to you and me. They are doing what most companies do when they want to reach a spectrum of people. They go and they build over there. They're taking a plant and they're building it in Asia so that they can provide more motorcycles for the Asian market without having to ship it across seas motorcycles for america and the surrounding countries are still going to be produced in america understand that that's the way it's going to work leading the electric motorcycle market by launching harley davidson's first electric motorcycle the livewire in 2019 the first in a broad no-clutch twist-and-go portfolio of electric two-wheelers designed to establish the company as the leader in electrification of sport. Ooh, I got that word right. Let's see if I can say it again. Electrification. Damn, I'm proud of myself. Livewire will be followed by additional models through 2022 to broaden the portfolio with lighter, smaller, even more accessible product options to inspire new riders with new ways to ride. So they're hitting the green people. They're hitting the people who want sport bikes. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I like, where is it? The 975cc Street Fighter model. Now, right now, they're calling it the Street Fighter. That name can change when they release it. That is a hot-looking little bike. Okay. I got here the live wire bike. You can go to the website and see it. All these pictures are available on HarleyDavidson.com. The Street Fighter model. Expanding the line of middleweight models is the first Harley Davidson Street Fighter motorcycle that is planned for 2020. Unapologetic modern style. With enough performance and agility to carve through city streets. Let me tell you, this is a badass little bike. And it's not even little. Okay? It's the answer to all these guys that want street bikes. I said this in other podcasts. Harley needs to come out with a street bike. They did years ago with Eric Buell. When they made the Buell bikes. They were popular for a bit, but they they, they stopped them. The deal went south with Eric Buell and he went off on his own. Whatever became of the company became of the company. But here we go. 
Go to the website, check it out, the Street Fighter model. I like it. There's a new engine in there, okay? It's similar to the Revolution X or the Revolution engine of the V-Rod, but it ain't quite so, okay? And this custom bike that they're coming out with, they're calling it the Harley-Davidson Custom. It's a nice-looking little bike also. It's a 1250cc of pure performance, they're calling it. This is a nice little badass bike also. It's also got a new engine, so when it comes out, I'm I'm curious to know what they called it, but they didn't boast anything about it at the moment. But check it out. Go to HarleyDavidson.com and check this model out. I'm going to post these up on the blog page if you don't want to go to the Harley site, forum site, or whatever. I'll put it all up on the blog page, and you can check them out on uh, Cycle Shack Podcast blog page. To go to the blog page, go to the Cycle Shack at the Cycle Shack Podcast on Facebook. Man, I hope Harley Davidson hits it. I hope they're successful in this. Only because it's another motorcycle company that I don't want to see tank. You know, again, I like the idea that Victory Motorcycles was out because it was the other American motorcycle company. Now, you got Indian, but again, it's not the same. They should have left Indian motorcycles in the in, in the mix. They, they should have sold off Victory if they didn't want it. They should have gave it to someone else to come up with design ideas. To, to just fold it and just throw it in the closet. It would have been nice to have three competing American motorcycle companies to be the top. The leaders in the motorcycle market, especially in the cruiser lineup. So, that's all I got right now, folks. The Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Send me questions, comments. If you like what you heard, let me know. If you have any opinions, let me know. The Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook at the Cycle Shack Podcast, as you can see right there. The Cycle Shack Podcast on Facebook, the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com, right down here below. Thanks for joining me, guys. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. And remember, keep those two wheels down. I'll talk to you folks. Take care.